Right, here we go this morning, continuing this series called All In. Thinking about, talking about, considering the life of faith and what it means to have a faith that is all in. I'm giving everything that I have for God. We've been doing this over the past few weeks by considering each week a different example from the Old Testament that shows and demonstrates for us something about this life of faith. And we've looked at examples like Abraham and Moses. Today, we're looking at an example that comes from the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Let me set some context around this before I read these passages. So Ruth takes place pretty early on in the Old Testament. For context, this is during the time of the judges. If you know your Israelite history at all, right, that you had the original patriarchs who lived in and wandered in the land of Canaan, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then, then with Joseph, everybody moved to Egypt. And they became, a, they became a great nation there until Egypt put them into slavery. Moses was sent by God and the people were rescued from slavery, wandered 40 years in the wilderness, and then with Joshua, came into the land of Canaan and settled throughout Canaan there. During that time, after Joshua had done that, before there were any of the kings, that there were these various judges that came around. We know who some of them are from the book of Judges, right? Those, those ones that have become a little more famous for what they've done. Samson, Gideon, Deborah, some of those that have been those heroes that have saved God's people from the enemies of God's people. It's during that time, the time of the judges, when this story of Ruth takes place. A story that's not about saving God's people from God's enemies in some mighty, triumphant, victorious way like we see in the judges, but this is a story of redemption. Redemption that comes in another way for God's people, all right? So, the story of Ruth. Here's what I'm going to do. I've, I've got two passages picked out here, one that comes from the beginning of Ruth and one that comes at the end of Ruth, and I'm going to read them both first so that you see the contrast between them, right? After I read them, then we'll talk about the story and how that story fills in around that, okay? So, first, these two passages that contrast the story of Ruth. Beginning in chapter 1, I'll begin at verse 15. It says this. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Now flip to the end. This is from chapter 4 as the book is closing. Here's how the story ends. Chapter 4, I'm beginning at verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. 
when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so the story that takes place in the book of Ruth. Let let me spend just a few minutes summarizing that story. I'm not going to read all four chapters, but we're going to get the cliff notes here so that you are familiar with what's happening in this story to put some context around those two passages that we said there, okay? The book of Ruth opens with just an introduction of the characters. So we meet who's involved there. It begins with a couple, a man named Elimelech and his wife Naomi. They are from Bethlehem, and at that time, during this time of the judges, Bethlehem is experiencing some famine. There's food shortage. They go to the grocery store, and it's all empty shelves. We know a little something about that. But it continues to endure that way, and it doesn't get better. So Elimelech takes his wife Naomi and their two sons that they have, and they move to the country of Moab, which is on the east side of the Jordan River. So they cross over the Jordan, go to the east side where Moab is. While they are in Moab, their two sons marry. They have wives. The wives are Moabite women, not Israelites. Ruth is one of them, okay? Also, while they are there, the men die. Elimelech dies. The two husbands that their daughters married die. So they are left in Moab with Naomi being an old woman and a widow and two daughters-in-law who are also widows. It's at this point in the story that we read that God has provided food back in the land of Israel in Bethlehem. So Naomi makes a choice. She says, I'm going to go back to my own people in Bethlehem. And he tell, she tells her daughters-in-law, stay here, stay in Moab, go back to your own families and your own house because you're young enough that your families will take you and you can be remarried and you can still have families. You can be redeemed that way. But leave me, let me go. I'm going to go back to my own people. Throughout that, one of the daughters-in-law says, okay, fine. I relent, I will go. But Ruth... Ruth is stubborn. She says, I'm not leaving you. I am not going to leave you. That's what in the passage we read here this morning. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where you stay, I'm going to stay. I will be with you, right? So Ruth goes along. Now, Ruth could have redeemed her life by following Naomi's instructions. By going back to her own household and being remarried, She could have gotten a life and a family back again. But she chose to stay with Naomi on what is essentially a dead-end path. There is no redemption for Naomi because she's too old now. And she's a widow. 
There's no hope for her. And Naomi knows this. She's aware of it. She's trying to get her daughters-in-law to go because she knows that staying with her means a life of nothing, no future, no hope. But Ruth says, I'm with you, not leaving you. So she goes along, right? They go back to Bethlehem, and that's where we read that the, the women in the village there, they, they meet and they recognize and they say, wait a minute, is this Naomi? I don't believe it. She's all alone except for Ruth that's with her. I didn't keep reading from there, but, but what Ruth tells these women when they come to Bethlehem is she meets them, she knows them, recognizes them, and she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. She wants to change her name. Because Mara in Hebrew means bitter. My life is bitter. Everything has been taken from me. And there's no hope. There's nothing left. That's where we find Naomi at the beginning of the story. Hopeless in despair. Well, the story goes on there into chapter 2, and they need food. So what happens is Ruth goes out, and it's the time of the harvest, and what they're harvesting in Bethlehem at that time is barley. So they're, they're making barley into grain out of that. And so Ruth goes out into one of the fields where they are harvesting barley, and the practice in that day is the harvesters would go out, and they would cut down all the stalks and harvest and gather that up. But as they moved along, oh, they missed a few here and there that just stayed laying on the ground. And the women would come then and glean those fields behind them and pick up any of those leftovers that just got missed or left behind. That's what Ruth does. She goes out into this field and she starts gathering some of these missed pieces of barley so that they have something to eat. This is a field that's owned by a man named Boaz. Boaz recognizes, hey, there's this foreign girl out there who I've never seen before. Who is this? She's not one of us. And he gets the story, right? That's the, so the, the workers or the other women there know the story that's going on here. Oh, that's, that's Ruth. She's a widow and the daughter-in-law of Naomi who's come back here. And she stayed with Naomi and wouldn't leave her. And now she's here. Well, Boaz is so struck by that story. He cannot believe the kindness and the love and the faithfulness that Ruth would throw away her future to stay with this old widow, Naomi. And so Boaz makes a choice there then too. Boaz says to his harvesters that are out there, look, here's what I want you to do. You know what? Drop a little bit on purpose. Leave a little extra on the ground. Make sure that she gets plenty. This young foreign widow who doesn't belong here. Give her an abundant share. That's what Boaz does, right? So that happens, and Ruth then gathers this extravagant amount of grain that shouldn't be happening for those who are gleaning in the field behind and goes back to Naomi and says, look what I got today because this, this man who owned the field left all this extra for me. And Naomi says, where did you go? Who was this? Where was this field? Well, it's this guy named Boaz, I guess. And Naomi recognizes this. Boaz, I know this guy. In fact, this guy is part of our family. He's relation. He's related to us. And here, for the first time in the story, there is a spark of hope 
that comes into Naomi. Hope that something of a future can be restored. Because Ruth has shown so much kindness to stay with Naomi. And now this relative, Boaz, shows kindness and compassion by providing a generous amount of grain for them. Naomi sees an answer to this. So she gives some instructions for Ruth to what to do. Now, now I need to explain something called the kindred redeemer formula. All right? uh, in the NIV Bible, it is called the guardian redeemer formula. It's the same thing. If you're curious, you can read about this in Leviticus 25. That's where it comes from, from the Old Testament. Leviticus 25. Here's what that law said. It said that if some extreme hardship came upon your family, that your extended relationship had an obligation to relieve that and provide care for you. That's called the kindred redeemer formula. And what would happen then in some of these situations, like this one, that it would be a close relative of, in this case where Naomi was a widow, one of Elimelech's close relation then would have an obligation to take the widow as part of his own family, to marry that one so that she could have a family. But Naomi's too old for that. She cannot bear children anymore. This is where Naomi steps in and says, Ruth, you've stayed with me. Here is what I would like for you to consider doing. Gives instructions. That, Ruth, you go to Boaz because he's a relative, because he is one of our kindred redeemers or guardian redeemers, and present to him our situation, that we are left without a family. And Boaz, as part of the family, has an opportunity to redeem that, to give a family to Naomi and to Ruth. So Ruth does that. She goes and and she meets with Boaz, and this happens at the end of chapter 2 and into chapter 3, and presents that request, that request that Boaz would be the guardian redeemer, the kindred redeemer, and give them a family. Here's how that works, though. Boaz was not the closest in line in the family. There was someone else who was closer. Now, according to the Israelite law, the first in line in family had the obligation to do this. It wouldn't have been Boaz. Here's what could have happened then. Boaz could have responded by saying, that's not my responsibility. There's somebody else in the family who you should be going to. There's someone else who should be doing that for you. Look, I gave you some grain, okay, but what you're asking me now is not my job to do. It's somebody else who's supposed to do that. But that's not what he does. Boaz, again, is so taken by the compassion, the love, the faithfulness that Ruth has shown for her mother-in-law, Naomi, that he says, let me see what I can do. So then into chapter 3, Boaz goes to where this kindred redeemer would be coming into the city gates there, the, the person whose responsibility it really was. And he meets with that person and he says, look, here's what's happened. Our close relative, Naomi, has come back and she's a widow and We have an obligation. In fact, you have an obligation 
to restore her family as one of the kindred redeemers, guardian redeemers. If you are unable to do that, though, I will, is what Boaz says. Well, we don't know who this person is. The, the book of Ruth, he's never named. But he relents and he says, yes, I am, un- I am unable to provide for Naomi and restore her family that way. You have my blessing. Boaz, you may step in and do this for me on my behalf. All of the elders of Bethlehem are there and they all hear this and it's done. Well, in that way, it was law. So they go through all the legal proceedings for that and it's decided. Boaz, you will step in as the kindred redeemer, the guardian redeemer, and you will do that. In fact, you read this in the end of chapter 3 that, that they give their blessing that the elders of the village give their blessing to Boaz for what he's doing and pronounce that blessing on him. So into chapter 4, Boaz steps in. He will fulfill that duty and he takes Ruth to be his wife. And they have a child together, a child named Obed. Obed, a Hebrew word which means servant or one who serves. A, a nod towards what Ruth and Boaz themselves are doing, serving the need of Naomi, who is left without a family. And a family comes from that. Redemption is given. Redemption for the family that was left with no hope, no future, no way forward. God provides redemption for this lost and hopeless family, paves a path forward for them, So that's the story that we read about in Ruth. But here's what I want us to consider today, that the book of Ruth, it it begins and it ends as a story that is not really about Ruth. The main character in this story is Naomi. This is a story about Naomi. We have a few clues that tell us about this because If you read in chapter 1 where the story opens, right, the first paragraph is an introduction. You just get the names of all the people there. But then as the narrative unfolds, it's about the life of Naomi. Naomi is the one who's speaking. Naomi is the one who's doing the action. We flip way to the end, the passage that I read at the end. Ruth isn't even there, right? I mean, it says, well, Ruth and Boaz get married and she had a child. But then where is Ruth? From that point, the child, the baby, Obed, is in the care of Naomi. The women of the village, when they come and they say, praise God, the Lord has provided you a family, they don't come to Ruth. They come to Naomi. Naomi is the one who is redeemed in this story. She is the one who receives that redemption. Ruth and Boaz are the ones through whom the redemption comes. Naomi is the one redeemed. Ruth and Boaz are the ones through whom the redemption comes. This is instructive for us. Instructive because we, the people who read Scripture today and read the story of Ruth, we ought to be seeing ourselves into this story through the eyes of Naomi through the faith of Naomi, 
There's something instructive for faith in this that we see in the life and the path of Naomi and who she is. Because when we first meet Naomi at the beginning of the book, she has no hope at all, right? She is in despair. In fact, she tells the people of her village, don't even call me Naomi. My name is Bitter. Call me Bitter. Because that's what my life is now. That's where we meet Naomi. Those are the eyes that we see through at the beginning of that story. To recognize those moments in life when maybe we come up against those situations where we think, I don't know how this is going to end or how I'm going to get through this or what tomorrow is going to hold. But then the faith of Naomi takes a turn through this story. We don't know how long this lasts, right? There, there's no time stamp on this. We don't know if this happens in a matter of weeks, in a matter of months, in a matter of years. But throughout the story of Naomi's life, redemption comes. And it comes through Ruth and Boaz because of their love, their faithfulness, their compassion, they provide for the redemption of Naomi. And at the end there, we read those words that the, the women of Bethlehem come around Naomi and they, they sing this song of praise, right? Praise the Lord, he has provided for you, Naomi. But notice this. We don't anywhere in the book read what Naomi's response is to that, right? It doesn't say anything about Naomi praising God with them. I think that detail is left out on purpose. It's left out on purpose because the person who wrote the book of Ruth intends for us to see our own lives through the eyes of Naomi, and it's left hanging because it's a question that's really meant for us. How do we respond when redemption comes our way? How do we respond when God provides for us? Even in a situation where others around us are telling us, look what God has done for you, look how God has provided for you. How will we respond? How will our faith take a step forward as we see similar events that happen in the lives of others throughout Scripture? here in the life of Naomi. So how do we respond? That's our question today. Right? What is our response of faith when we find ourselves in a situation, perhaps like Naomi's, where we're not sure what tomorrow will bring, what the future holds, Here's what we see in the story of Naomi that helps us. We see that there is a plan forward in providing others. That Naomi, in her life of faith, is not alone. Not alone. God provides others for her. Provides the faithful compassion and love and care of Ruth and of Boaz, but also of these other women in Bethlehem who come around and praise God with her, in fact, on her behalf and encourage her and build her up. 
what we see in the story of Naomi is that our lives of faith, the life of faith that you and I live, is not a journey of faith that we do alone, ever. That God provides a community in which our faith is nurtured and can flourish. God provides a community of faith for us. You know, at the beginning of the story, Naomi really didn't want anything to do with that, right? She told her daughters-in-law, her community, just leave me, just go. You know what? I got nothing. But they stay. They're faithful. These women of Bethlehem who meet her, the first thing she tells them is, you know what? It's over. My name is bitter now. It's done. But they stay, right? In fact, at the very end, they are the ones praising God because of God's faithfulness. So at the beginning of the story, Naomi doesn't even see it, doesn't recognize it, in fact, pushes it away. But yet they are there. Yet God provides them. Yet they are a part of her life. That's instructive for us, right? Who is there in your life like that? Who has God provided to be a community of faith around you? At the beginning of the story in Ruth here, we see that Naomi was provided that, but she didn't even see it or recognize it or want it. Maybe there are moments when our lives feel like that too. Because maybe when I ask that question, who has God provided in your life of faith, maybe your first response is, I got no one. I'm alone. That's what Naomi thought too. That was her first response as well. But God was there. God was working behind the scenes. God was providing in ways that at the time she did not see, she did not recognize. And it was only when she began putting the pieces together about Boaz, kindred redeemer. There is hope. There is something. There are people of faith around us. It came along the way when she did not recognize it at first. Maybe that takes place in our lives too. That there are these seasons where maybe we do feel, I don't know what my community of faith is. I don't know who those people are in my life, but they're there. they are there. God provides a community of faith for us. He works that through us. So who are those people? Naomi had to have her eyes open to see that and recognize that. Maybe for some of us, that's what we need to. A moment where our eyes are opened and we see and recognize who these people are around us, who provide that community of faith for us, who support us and encourage us. Even in times when maybe our first response is to say, but my name is bitter. But they're there and they stay there. And then maybe it's, good for us to consider how it is you and I form that community for someone else, for others. How can God use the faith that I do have, the faith that I do give, to be a part of that community of faith for someone else? Because you see, there's, there's nothing especially remarkable about Naomi by any sense. She's an 
ordinary person who lived an ordinary life and had to find an extraordinary means of redemption for her life to be restored. But through that life of faith, through that faithfulness in that community around her, came a child, right? A grandson, one who went on to become the father of Jesse, the father of David, that God would provide for the redemption of his entire nation of people through this small community of faith in the life of Ruth. And beyond that, beyond the time of David, through that lineage comes Jesus, the one who provides redemption for all of God's chosen people around the world. And it traces its story back to this faithful community around Naomi, where God's redemption comes through. You don't know how God will use those small steps of faithfulness that we share together with one another. You don't know where God will take that and what God will do with that. I think Naomi had no idea. She had no clue that through the redemption that came into her life, through the faithfulness of others, God was going to redeem the entire world through that. We don't know how God will use our steps of faith we take together. But he provides the community of faith for us to take those steps with together. That is his gift to us you pray with me. God, we thank you for the gift of your word and the way that you instruct us in your word of how we follow in those steps. That we see examples like Naomi who show us times when perhaps we think everything's against us and there is no hope, but yet you provide people, faithful people around us. So, Lord, open our eyes so we can see who those people are and how you provide those steps for us. And open our eyes as well to see how we fit in that community and can be faithful in providing that encouragement for others. Lord, may we do this in ways that always seek to follow you. As Ruth had said to Naomi, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Lord, may we look to you as our Savior, and say that same thing. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.